Welcome to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host today, Stephen Ebers. Today I'm joined by our co-host, Austin Oberhaus, and our guest, Travis Owen. Today we're talking about teal hunting and early season tactics, myths and misconceptions about teal hunting, and strategies towards teal hunting. Also, we're talking about how current events can affect teal hunting this year and play an advantage to the 2020 teal hunting season. If you're a new hunter, uh, such as for waterfowl, and you're looking to get into it, or you've never had any interest in getting into waterfowl before, I really encourage you to listen to this podcast because I am a new hunter when it comes to waterfowl hunting. And when I'm talking to Travis during this podcast, it's got me excited to get out and try it this year. If you're an experienced waterfowl hunter, this is still a good podcast for you because I think there's a lot of good information about the habitat, the sign to look for and to scout for, also how the current events are going to play in this year's teal hunting season and how you can take advantage of it. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed as much as I did, and I appreciate you guys listening. So here we go. All right, we're rolling. Welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to have you on. Yeah, glad to be here, man. So uh, let's talk some teal hunting. Talk teal, man. Listen, I've been excited about it since March, dude. And uh, uh, Got any trips planned? I do. I'm actually headed up to Wisconsin tomorrow. Um, got some guys, a guy named uh, Nick Ellison and uh, Larry Masonick. Um, I actually was selling some decoys and uh they asked they messaged me and they said uh would you ship and i was like i mean yeah but when does your guys' season start and they said september 1st and i said well you know i said uh how about i don't charge you any shipping and i can just come up there and hunt with you and get started a little bit early and they were like they were i, I just wanted to hunt one day and they were like well dude if you're driving up here let's hunt for five days so that's awesome wow. and they've got places with thousands of geese and you know anywhere from you know corn field silage fields or uh pea fields and they've got uh some cranberry marshes that i'm gonna be hunting i've never even seen anybody hunt a cranberry marsh so i'm kind of excited about it that sounds pretty exciting um is wisconsin one of those states that opens earlier than a lot of other states or yeah so as um the migration goes along so northern states or Canada always opens first, and then it's so going to be North Dakota, and then Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota. All those guys start going, and then our season, like our early goose season, doesn't even start till like October fifth or something this year. Clarify, Missouri's. Yeah, Missouri, Sorry. Missouri. Yeah, so Missouri season doesn't even open till like October fifth, and they're killing them September first. So they open a whole month early. Right. And the North Dakota boys, they've been killing them since like mid-August, like August fifteenth. Oh. So the more north, save the you rest are, of them. Save the rest of them for us. Right. Know? The farther north you are, the earlier it starts. Exactly. But the earlier migrations. So opposite of turkeys. <laughs> yes, exactly opposite of turkeys. So mm. they're like the thing That's is interesting. Their yeah. season shuts down. You know, they're shutting down. Like maybe mid December or end of December, like at the max for mm. ducks, and we go our south zone goes all the way to like January fifteenth. 
Yes. Or maybe January 20th or somewhere in there. Oh. But, and then Arkansas might go a little bit longer or whatever, but. Right. Just yeah. how they migrate. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so we're rookies. Um, me and Austin, we don't know a thing about teal hunting or what it entails. So kind of you tell us a bit about what teal hunting is, what's legal, what you need to bring to the woods. Just tell us how you would tell a beginner. Okay, so basically, I'll start off with uh, just explaining teal, because um, in teal season, we're going to have a few different types of ducks around. We're going to have green wing teal, we're going to have blue wing teal, which this is pretty much the only time you'll see blue wing teal around here. They migrate in, they go down south pretty quick, so we won't get have them while they're hot. Right, <laughs> get them in teal season, or you're not probably going to kill one. Green wing teal, they stick around till you know, December or so, but green wing teal... And blue wing teal and cinnamon teal. That's the only things that are in season in teal season. Cinnamon teal, we I've heard of maybe one or two guys killing them in Missouri. They're usually out west thing like Nevada or Utah or Colorado. So hopefully, hopefully to gonna kill one this year. That would be cool. That would be nice. Yeah, but right. um, they're a smaller duck. They're one of the better tasting ducks. And uh, yeah, but we have at the same time we'll have shovelers. We'll have gadwall we'll have uh wood ducks and maybe some pintail or something but those are the ducks that like to migrate early and the thing is uh most of the time duck hunting in regular season it opens up 30 minutes before daylight and ends at daylight usually but in teal season it opens at sunrise so and that's for a reason it's so you don't shoot a shoveler or something on accident people have killed wood ducks all the time in teal season just misidentifying them. It's a small bird that flies into your spread in the morning and everybody's gung-ho to shoot because they haven't shot for, you know, six to nine months. And mm -hmm. uh, but and shovelers actually have a teal patch on their wing as well. So that makes it really easy to misidentify, uh, yeah. you know? So if it's even like, <laughs> like barely gray light or something and you can make out small details, you see a teal patch and you pull up and you shoot and it could be a shoveler. So... So they make the season where you can identify them easier. Right. Um, how would you identify them differently from any other duck? Um, so a, what a green wing teal, so right now they don't really have their full colors. Right now they're in what we call the eclipse stage or molting stage. So they just molted, uh, they finished molting like, I don't know, maybe a couple, couple months ago. They got their flight feathers back, but they still don't have their color feathers. So their color feathers come with uh the breeding like the breeding time of the year so that's like when you see the green head mallards and stuff but right now even those mallards are like basically brown with specks of green in their head um but uh blue wing teal whenever they're in full plumage they're going to have a crescent the males will have a crescent shape right along their beak a white crescent and then um kind of a teal colored head and then, or a darker blue colored head, and then they'll have a real bright teal patch on their wing. And then uh, the hens will basically be a small... You're able to read that when they're coming in? It takes practice. Okay. It definitely takes practice. But you do, like, after a while, dude, like, there's sometimes still that, like, if, you know, they're silhouetted or something real bad, and there's no light, or it's like a cloudy day or whatever, you know, you can't tell until they get close, and then you're like, oh, that's what that bird is. Or you can tell by sh wing shape uh or um wing beat pattern so teal flap really fast like their wing speeds are like 
bam, 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 bam. And then a, a mallard will just be like flap, 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 flap. Okay. So sometimes you can tell them that way. And then, you know, diver ducks, some diver ducks also uh, flap really fast, but they're a little bit different shape. So basically you're looking for shapes. If it's, uh, if it's light outside, you know, there's good sun. A lot of the time you can see uh, in regular duck season, you can see iridescence on the head or whatever, of whatever duck you're hunting. But um, teal, at this stage right now, they've got the teal patches on their shoulders, but they're kind of spotty on the face right now because uh, the males haven't. A lot of these birds that we're shooting in teal season, you got to think, are first-year birds. So some of them are probably full adults that just got done nesting, and they, they probably migrate a little bit sooner than the first-year birds because so... Teal, whenever they nest, the female's the only one on the nest. And uh, so whenever they hatch, the female will stay with them for like, I don't know, maybe a week. And then she ditches. So she dips, and then all those teal will grow up on their own. And it's like a GPS, like, in their head. They already know where they're going. So these things aren't learned. So these, like... Brother, do you consider them brother and sister right. eggs stay together? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Okay, so but, well, how's that work for breeding then? So they will stick together until they make their migra migration south. Okay, yeah. And also sometimes they get in a big group. You know, there'll be a group of 80 teal or something moving together. Most of those are not brother and sister. And, you know, maybe one brother and sister will go off with another group and... Mm -hmm you know the other ones will stick together or whatever but okay. so these these birds are migrating for the first time ever and they don't know jack crap so but uh and that makes them pretty easy targets for guys like me which is super nice teal season growing up and still was always my favorite part of duck season because the kicker huh right well it it starts mm -hmm. it's you know it starts off the season and the birds are really dumb. So, and a lot of people don't hunt teal season, which is weird to me because that was always my favorite time. It sounds like I need to start going because uh, if they're dumb in that time of the year. Dude, yeah. Beginners would be. You don't even, that's the best thing for a beginner to hunt because yeah. you don't have to be you able to have call. a good hunt or exactly, know, not, not a good get, experience. Get into it. Right. Yeah. And whenever I first started, dude, it was like. You know, I'd go out in teal season, and I'd kill my limit, you know, two or three days out of, the, out of the year. But then I might hunt the rest of the season on these small ponds around where we live. We don't live by any major flyway. So, you know, I might shoot one duck or three ducks or, you know, I didn't kill full limits. And, and teal season, it was like, you just, you know, you couldn't keep birds off you. You go out there, you throw out two to three dozen decoys. You don't need, you know, like mojos like spinning wing decoys or motion decoys honestly you don't need any of that and a lot of guys hunt with stuff like that which it, it's nice whenever you do have it because what that does is it catches you know sunlight or glare or whatever and it looks to birds like a bird landing so well or, before before we get into any you know decoys or stuff i don't even know what to look for yeah like what type of habitat um so at? like you were saying flyways and stuff right hunting mm -hmm. ponds but like what's so for most ducks like marshes are one of the better places i've hunted marshes i've hunted rivers i've hunted lakes i've had great success with all of them you, sometimes you can find them in a dry feed you can find them in a field 
Um, like in late season, whenever they're hungry, they need, you know, they need lots of calories and they're looking for corn. If there's no flooded corn around, they go to dry fields like geese. Geese love fields all the time. But in late season, a lot of times you'll find mallards and pintails and stuff eating in fields, eating corn. Because they're trying to keep their energy levels up. They're trying to keep their fat storages up so they don't get too cold. Or if it is cold, you know, they need that to survive the night or whatever. Okay. Now, um, teal, one of the cool things about teal is they're in pretty mild weather. To be totally honest, I mean they're in mid-September. Is that why, like, uh, they're this, getting out of Dodge, right? <laughs> right. I yeah. heard well, this guy at work, he's big into it, and he mm-hmm. was talking about. He's like, yeah, you know, you might go on a good setup and have a decent teal hunt, but then they're gone the next right. day. Right, that is exactly right. Now, there's some reasons for that. So, teal are they're going all the way to Mexico. You know, and they're born, you know, northern United States, southern Canada. So they got a long way to make it. Right. Now, mallards, I've, I've read a study on mallards, and in an 80 to, like, 120-mile flight, they can lose up to 25% of their body fat. So while they're migrating, you know, it's taking, it's taking energy out of them. They got to keep that up. They got to, you know, just to stay alive. And these teal are smaller ducks. They migrate lower. They migrate, you know, a mallard will migrate anywhere from like probably 400 to they've been seen up to like 2,200 feet. Wow. So that's migrating really high and they can go. But the thing is uh, they fly like 100 mile an hour whenever they're up in the jet streams, you know, so they can cover some ground. That's burning a lot of calories, But that's too. burning a lot of calories, you know. And these teal are smaller birds, so they're a little bit more fragile. They're young. They're not that strong, you know, so they're just, they're hopping, you know, they're, I, I always consider it like a, a frog leap, you know, one, you'll get usually two or three days of pushes of teal. So you'll get one group and then that group will stop. The, most birds migrate at night too. And uh, so most of these birds are migrating all night and in the morning they're hungry. They need a place to sit. They need a place to eat. They need to get some more calories. So you'll get a group that flies in, lands, you know, you shoot them or whatever, and then they go to the next pond and they feed all day and then they leave that night. Well, whenever they leave that night, there's some guys, you know, some teal up north of you that is also coming down right behind them. And you can get usually two or three good days right in a row. Just pow, pow, pow grinding hunts man they're awesome and you don't need to know that much you know i always took a duck call out and i didn't know how to do anything but feed or chuckle and quack i could not do a cadence and so that's all i do is i'd feed or chuckle and i'd quack and do these things dive into the decoys like they i mean they've literally never seen a decoy in their life so they're they're young right they're young and one thing that is a myth and i want people ah dude it drives me crazy whenever people say this but people tell you you know they're not in their full color phase so use either all hen decoys or use a mallard a mallard hen Mm -hmm. it's like a magnum blah 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 screw that that is bullshit (laughs) and i'm here to tell you i've been killing teal over mallard drakes full plumage mallard drakes and hens and you know full plumage teal for like I don't know. I've been hunting for eight years. I've probably been teal hunting for seven. And whenever I do go, 
and it, we get those pushes, I kill limits every single time over the same decoys, you know, and you don't need to take all the, and the, the thing is, so a lot of mallard hens and other hens are dull colored. They're usually gray ducks or brown ducks or whatever. And that's for a reason. They're trying to blend in. The drakes are the ones that are pretty because they're, they have to compete to, and show, you know, basically. What's up, baby? I can, yeah, <laughs> right. And they're, st they're saying, you know, I can pop, I can stick out and I can still survive. You know, mm -hmm. and these teal are first years, man. They're they've been hanging out with these mallards all summer long, hanging out with mallard hens and mallard drakes, and they've been hearing these. You know, some people say you have to only call with a teal call, which a teal call is kind of similar to a mallard call. It's just a little bit more high pitched and it's a faster cadence. So uh, mallard will like and a, a teal will be more like okay and so but they're just a little higher pitched but dude they don't they don't care they're hanging out with these birds all summer long so not foreign to them right and so whenever they see you know a full colored mallard drake they don't think man he shouldn't be in his full color phase they're like oh wow there's a bunch of ducks down there it looks safe. And it looks really safe down there. Oh, and I hear I hear a hen, so must be. And then they fly in and they get shot to shit, you know? Just <laughs> pops out and says, right, hey, dude. Duped him. And it dude, I'm telling you, if you guys have never never been duck hunting, teal hunting's the best time. You know, there you always hear horror stories of people going out for the first time, freezing to death or, you know, freaking they've got get snowed on or rained on and it's miserable you don't get that in september you know it's like perfect weather 50 to 75 somewhere in there that's nice yeah it's nice and so yeah it's just it's the best time to take beginners because if you do have a good day it's gonna be a really good day and if you don't have hooked. a good day it's not i mean it only takes one hunt to be to exactly. be hooked and, and go ahead oh sorry if if you like turkey hunting which i know you guys do and a lot of the, you know, listeners do too. If you like turkey hunting, you'll probably like duck hunting, dude. You're still talk. You're talking to animals. That's what it is. Elk hunting, turkey hunting, duck hunting, man. You're always, you're all three. You're talking to these animals, and they're talking back, and they're reacting. You know, and that's what I enjoy seeing. But, yeah, I do too. That's, I mean, that's one of my, one of my favorite reasons for hunting turkeys is just the interaction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, like, some some people try, like, they talk about, uh, like, scouting for teal. And if you're up north... I was going to get there. If you're up north, man, like, I get it. Those birds are there, and you're just making sure they haven't moved out. You're oh, okay. seeing where they're congregated. Down here in Missouri and other states that they migrate through... You need to check up on Don't that. look for teal, man. Look for teal habitat. And you don't need a whole lot. You know, you need a body of water and maybe some some sort of plants in it. So Yeah, so you need a lot of spots to go check. You need to Right. What need about cover? Cover? Now cover is something that like we we've been talking about. These birds, most of these birds are first year birds. You know, and they're looking at decoys. They're not looking at you. When I, as a kid, I didn't have any blinds or, or anything. I would, you know, the grass is usually grown up around ponds. So I would just go wear all camo, 
lay up in the tall grass or if there's corn nearby or, or a brush line or a fence line or something, <coughs> sit up against it or behind it or whatever. Right. And it's then whenever you call, you know, you don't, ha another thing, you don't have to get aggressive with these birds because they've never heard a call. You know, they've, they've been, I've went out there and listened to them chatter at each other and it's not like, you know, they're all talking at once or, or anything. It's like, you'll hear one, and then, you know, 30 seconds go by and you hear it again. Uh, the the other night I went scouting, and I don't want to go into this rabbit hole just yet, but <laughs> so I went scouting and there was a hundred teal on this pond that I hunt, and it's two weeks early. I was saying, you know, if you're hearing this early, don't tell anybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and uh, I, we were just watching them or whatever, listening to them. And we jumped them off there because we were driving by on a side-by-side. -side. You know, it's pretty loud. And we drove all the way to the back. I have a red side-by-side. -side. It pops. <laughs> and we were standing there by some brush. And I just stepped behind the brush. I really didn't even need to. And these birds are flying around trying to get back into this pond. And they're trying to land on the entrance side of it. And I was up in the back side of it. And me and my buddy are sitting there. And I just... <coughs> And, dude, they came and checked me out. If I would have had three decoys out there, they would have came in. Were you actually using a call where you literally... No, I, I, literally, I literally did that mouth call. I just... I was like, watch this, Nick. <laughs> and, dude, they were about to go down where they had been sitting, and they turned around, and they flew right over the top. Of, I mean, they 20 yards. We could have shot into them, definitely. I mean, these birds are really, really easy to hunt because they've never seen anything. Okay, so, I mean, I'm a deer hunter. I'm a turkey hunter. Mm -hmm. I want to get into this kind of hunting. Um, when I hunt for deer and turkey, I'm constantly looking for sign. I know you said mm -hmm. that in Missouri, you don't want to scout too much because they're kind of zipping through here right. for a certain amount of time. Are they leaving sign behind, or are you patterning them and then, oh, I'm going to hit that spot next year? Well, so they do leave sign. They leave, you know, you'll see, like, uh, maybe some feathers hanging around in the, like, there's a, I like cutting places with a lot of uh, pond weeds because that's a lot of food. You know, you've got snails, you've got bugs in there, you've got um, the seeds from the, the, you know, grass itself. You've got a lot of animals and, you know, minnows or, or whatever all living in that. And that's what those birds are after this time of year. So they're eating, you know, small slugs or or even mosquito larvae or, or whatever, and they're landing in that stuff. So I always go, you know, and I'll look for, uh, you know, goose or, or teal scat, and then feathers is a, another big sign. Sometimes you, if it, there's really moist soil with not a lot of cover over it, you'll, uh, you'll see some uh, webbed feet tracks and uh but in for teal i mostly just look at is there food here what can you know how far can they see me how far do i think they can hear me and you know are they going to be flying over this area and the only way to do that is check and i there was a lot of times and i'm not sure Whenever I first started teal hunting, it wasn't as good as it is now. So essentially, you want to run, you want to go check a spot and see them, obviously. Right, right. If they're there that day, then you can probably hunt the next day and have a pretty good hunt.
but then the day after that, it's, I mean, you Who might knows? be able to they have it. They might be there still, they might be gone. Right, they, but they might totally be gone. And so I mostly just look for, you know, food food source. See how far they can see you, see how far they can hear you, or, you know, think like a duck. You know, if I'm a duck flying over, does this look like a cool place to land or not? And especially if I saw other birds here. And you can pull birds. So whenever I first started, it was not as good as it is now. But I think part of that was I was going out and throwing these decoys out. And I'd hunt the weekends by my, you know, I had some old junk decoys and I was a kid and I didn't, they, they had, uh, you know, just twine onto a, a lead weight and to the keel and it took forever to reel them up. It took forever to get them in the bag. They're always tangled up. So if I knew I'd be hunting, you know, every weekend, I'd just leave them out. And what I think that might've done is actually gotten birds to come to that pond that would have usually just flown over. Mm. I think they started using it. They flew south, survived, and I think throughout the years of doing that, I think that there's more teal there now than there ever was. Because I think they started marking it on their GPS. This is a good place to eat, you know? Mm -hmm. This is, I don't get shot at a lot here, and there's a ton of food. And so, it's, and even if you don't have a ton of food, and you think that, so teal move down in a wave, you know, they're, they're all the way from, like, Wisconsin all the way over to, like, I don't know, probably Montana. Mm. That's where they nest. And whenever they come down, you know, not all the teal come, come through here. There's a ton that come through, you know, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois. And so you don't necessarily have to have a great place for food if you have decoys and can call. Because when they're moving down as a huge wave you're gonna, you know, they're gonna fly over you, you know, and if whenever they do, you have decoys out and you're calling, they're gonna come, they think it's food, they just got done flying all night, they're tired, they're hungry, you know, they're gonna come check you out, and then you might get a few shots off, and they might not, you know, come back year after year after year, but if you're fooling them, you know, fresh birds every year, then you can still have decent hunts and not have the best spot ever, right, but best thing is you know don't try not to hunt really pressured areas if you can keep from it if you you know your grandma has a pond out in the middle of a field or you know out behind her house or whatever throw out a dozen decoys hunt it for you know a few mornings and don't give up on it because one morning didn't work out you know i'd go out here and not shoot anything days at a time but you know what whenever there's a little migration there are some birds that came through i'd get into and so you really got it with teal it's really hit or miss and how long is the early season teal early season teal i think at least here in missouri i think it's like one week or two weeks so it either ends oh wow so it's super quick like it's... yeah yeah no it's... so there's no no reason why you shouldn't be out every morning exactly i guess if you don't if you, work I mean, or you're not at school if you can yeah even even whenever i was going to school man well, i was in high school and i'd go out i'd hunt this place and then, you know, if I shot a whole bunch, then, you know, either go home, brush them out real quick and go to school or, you know, and they, they show up right at daylight. You know, they're just, they're migrating, man. And you're talking to them and they're like, oh, thank God we have a place to stop. So right mm -hmm. at sunlight, you know, you're hammering into them and 
then you're done. You know, I, I'd be, I'd have my six ducks by, you know, 20 minutes in, you know, and then well, you just go home. That's a good hunt. Right. That's a I good mean, hunt. And that's how they go whenever they are good. Unless you got like five guys and then you got a lot of bags. You got to wait but, too. Right. <laughs> like, Hey, I got class. Or, right. You know, I got work. Exactly. Um, so I guess it wouldn't be how, how long, I mean, does the season last all day long like you yeah. can go until dark yeah so some areas some hunting areas like shut down at noon or whatever but most of them i think go all day and if you have public then yeah you can kill them till dark okay the reason i ask is you know <clears throat> is your best chance in the mornings absolutely best chance absolutely you can kill them in the evenings but mornings is where it's at man Mornings is definitely where it's out. Now, the rabbit toll I was talking about earlier. Okay. All right. So some crazy stuff has happened this year that I think is just adding up to be a stellar waterfowl season. Canada is closed. Nobody can go up there. All these... Two non-residents. Two non-residents, yeah. But there's only, like... Listen, I might be wrong on this number. You can check me, but I'm pretty sure there's only, like, two or three million people in Canada. It's, there's not... Not even close to it. U.S. Yeah, no, it's super tiny. There's yeah. not that many people. No. But now, all the, it's usually, most of the birds that die in Canada are from Americans. So there is no freelancing up there right now. There is only guiding and, well, I mean, there's some freelancing from the residents and guiding from the residents, but it's like... But you can't be a non-resident and go with a guide. Right, yeah. You I don't can, think you can be a U.S. We, citizen and get in Canada right now. Yeah, no, the, the Mounties would track you down. They, no, yeah, you well, cannot... there's a lot going on. Right. There, some people might want to flee, but... Right, but you can't... Yeah, you cannot go over to Canada and hunt geese right now, or ducks. So, and there's thousands of birds that get murdered up there every year by hunters, like... They go up there and just swat the crap out of them. So, that's closed. That's a good thing. Then, we had up in Iowa, I don't know if you guys heard about it, the windstorm up there, 120 mile an hour winds for Derico. 90 minutes. Yeah. Pushed down 100 miles worth of corn. Scared me for a little in bit. In Iowa, right? Yeah, it was yeah. up in Iowa. Yeah, must, yeah. It scared me for a bit, because I was thinking, man, because they brush hogged all of it. And DNR said, technically all that's baited. I was definitely afraid that I was going to yeah. mess with our migration. But I heard the other day from somebody that went up there, they said all that corn is rotting because it's so green. They couldn't make silage out of it, and all of it's just rotting into the ground. Thank goodness. Cause but we do send out our thoughts to the people. We're just talking duck hunting. Right. No, no. I definitely feel bad for the people. I mean, they got yeah. contracts on that corn and stuff they were supposed to sell, and now... Like, usually when you have a contract, you have to fill it no matter if insurance, you know, you get insurance or not. Right. You know, you might have to buy corn from somewhere else. I'm just clarifying. We're, we're happy about the ducks. We're not happy. Right, happy. right. No, I'm just glad that the corn's not sitting on the top of the ground for ducks and geese to come down, sit there in a hundred Until miles. our season's over. Right, until <laughs> our season's over and not, you know, they haven't been shot at, at all because they've been sitting there getting fat. Yeah. You know, but... So that's a good thing. Another good, well, bad thing, but it's also kind of good for me, but it's just really bad for other people. So this hurricane that came up through Texas and Louisiana, terrible for everybody. I feel really bad for them. So what's happening here is Travis is saying is that coronavirus is, is um, good for <laughs> duck hunting and 
Tri- uh, <laughs> tropical storms are good for duck hunting. <laughs> Hurricanes are good for duck and, hunting. <laughs> and uh, Iowa. Listen, good yeah, for duck hunting. Good. There's a lot of. So Missouri's of, hot right now. Come on down. Right, let's go. <laughs> A lot of things come into play. Right, yeah. So corona, what about... Corona was essentially good for turkey season this year because, right. well, you know, for some people, a lot of people, people spend... getting out. Yeah. A lot but not for people, the turkeys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> turkeys for Turned the turkey out real hunter. bad for them. <laughs> for the turkey hunter, it was good. You right. know, a lot of people were able to go hunting that really don't get to go during that time because their their job permits, you know... Their yeah, time or, mm-hmm. or it's a tough time of the year, and yeah. you know it's a short season. You know, most, if you're looking, if you're looking places. to make a you know a negative into a positive, that was definitely one. You yeah. know what I mean? All I see is silver linings, man. That's all you got to look at. Definitely, if, like you got to stay positive, and there's some positive stuff coming out of this. Not so real positive. On you the were getting scale, into that. What is that positive of this this hurricane coming through? So. A lot of teal go down to Texas, Louisiana, early, early. Like there was about a month ago, my buddy saw a flock of teal on his pond. We don't, we don't hatch too many teal in Missouri. I mean, I've I've never seen them like in a nest or out on a pond as ducklings. But the some of them migrate super early, and I'm thinking those are probably mostly adults that can already fly. Their young have hatched. They spend a week with them, and they're time to bug out. So they usually go down into Louisiana and Texas about this time of year, and then they finish down in Mexico. Well, this hurricane came through, and it cooled off Texas. Texas was real cool for like a day or two. Louisiana got a hurricane all the way through it. I mean, straight through Louisiana. That's where a ton of them go. I mean, the like the Mojo guys and stuff that own all that, the Robertsons and stuff, they all teal hunt in Louisiana because it's mm. really good. It pushed them north into Arkansas. Then this hurricane, the you know aftermath of it, went up through Arkansas. It's raining in Arkansas all week this week. So this teal got to keep going north. They got to get away from that cool weather. They got to get away from those winds. You know, they're small ducks. They get pushed around really easy, you know. And so they're just keeping on north. And I think that's why I saw those teal yesterday. Because usually we won't have them this time of year. That's a great point, man. So I'm thinking, and whenever the group got up, half of them just went straight north. And the other half stayed. And I'm thinking that they're heading north until they can get away from all this weather. And then... Here in about two weeks, they're going to be right back down. And they've already ate on my pond, so they know where the food's at. And I think it might be a, they were safe. a Not... grind and teal season, man. Well, good luck to you, man. Hopefully hopefully we'll get to see see the result of that, too. Oh, dude. You know, um, d- you know, you wanted to come on and, and talk about maybe some misconceptions or any myths. I know we covered a lot of stuff. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover? Uh, mostly that, you know, you don't have to call real aggressive. You know, you don't have to use only hen decoys or brown duck decoys. You don't have to do any of that. You know, you just throw out what you got and they're going to come in. These are first year birds, most of them. So they've never seen any of this stuff before. They've never really been shot at that much before, maybe once. And, you know, and also when they're here, they're here. And when they're not, they're not. So whenever you're scouting, don't be looking for ducks. Be looking for duck sign or duck food. 
because, I mean, if it's there, if they're there, you're you're in a, pretty you're close in a, to being a too good late. spot. You can intercept them, right? You know, and I mean. one of the best times to go is whenever there's a thunderstorm, man. The next day, usually in September, there's a thunderstorm that'll roll in right around teal season. It'll thunder and lightning and rain all night, and then right in the morning it'll start clearing up, and you can go out there and you shoot teal in the sunlight. Everything's wet, but you got waders on usually. So, you know, sit in the grass, shoot your limited teal, and go home, man, because it's, it's really easy. It's that easy, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't have to have the best place to do it. If you got a duck call and you can make noise on it, they're probably going to come in or at least check you out, you know, give you a couple shots. And uh, So you're calling then yeah but i'm not calling you know i might sit there and out of boredom if i'm by myself you know i'm mm -hmm. not talking to anybody i'm by myself and i might sit there and throw a hail call up every you know few minutes or whatever just to if they are flying by maybe they hear that they'll hear it and they'll come in and there's been so teal like i said they they fly a lot lower than mallards you know they're migrating a lot lower so if even if they're 400 feet up in the air, that sound carries, and they will be able to hear you. And there's been so many times I've just been sitting there quacking or, or feed or chuckle or maybe throw out a hail call, and then all of a sudden I hear, and there's a flock of teal 15 feet that just flew over my head, and they're about to circle around. And then I, then I just sit there, and I'll just you know give them either a real short little cadence or quack at them or maybe do a little bit of feeder chuckle and they'll curve around and they'll come right for you and they try to land in your decoys and you smoke them dude but they're fast so be on so um speaking of being on and and getting that shot um what are you using and uh to shoot them with and mm -hmm. then what ammunition are you using with that all right so usually most years i've been shooting uh Either like a Winchester seven shot. It has to be steel because all ducks have to be or waterfowl have to be steel. Um, I've got a SX three that I bought a few years ago. Best gun, best shotgun I've owned. And then I've got an Indian Creek choke. They're made in Missouri, uh, Southeast Missouri. Indian Creek choke, super tight shooting choke. If you want a more open choke, don't go with them. But if you want a tight shooting choke, which I I like dead ducks you know i don't mm -hmm. want to shoot them wound them and then have to shoot them again you know and i've shot you know i've shot pattern master too they're pretty good but uh i've really liked my indian creek and i've smoked some geese from a good ways whenever you know they're either a passing shot you know you're at a, a local duck park you know mt mdc duck park or whatever and you got your decoys out and all of a sudden some geese fly low and you know that's they're not gonna come in and just people just pop off some shots at them sometimes just for the heck of it and i've killed some man from from you know 40 50 yards up and and uh indian creek's been good to me but yeah and then uh but usually throughout the season i buy a case of uh either kent twos fiochi twos this year i'm trying out federals um, but I like two shot because you can shoot teal with it. It messes teal up pretty good, but, uh, but big ducks like, uh, mallards, pintails, gadwall, shovelers, which even gadwall and shovelers aren't huge, but it'll kill all those ducks. And then in late season, whenever the air is colder, 
twos I feel like fly a little bit truer than like threes or fours and uh, and you can kill geese with twos so that's what I shot in late season then usually if I run out of my case of twos I'll go into double B's and shoot geese in late season with double B's but uh, for teal this year I just bought uh, some two and three quarter six shot steel that were federals and uh, I think I think they'll be all right they're high them out I haven't tried them out yet, but uh, I think I'm going to try up in Wisconsin. So uh, they have a teal season going on September 1st as well as goose season, so we might hunt geese and then teal. So That'll be a fun trip, man. Dude, I'm so excited. You were showing me a video. Did you want to talk to the viewers about that a little bit? Um, was that the teal coming in? That was the teal coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that was the pond. You you said there was a reason why you you were telling me that there was a reason why that that they wouldn't usually be at that spot. Right. Usually they'd either be down south of us or they'd be so north. This of had us. to do with the weather. That had to do with the, the weather pushing us conditions up. Conditions in Canada and all right, that. Oh, right. Okay. So that's the hurricane was why I think they were here. And I talked to a guy that's like semi-famous but he's mostly a goose guy he is a duck calling competitor and uh i messaged him and i kind of gave him my thoughts on it and he thought he told me that he's like well teal just kind of fly in random you know random times which i think is mostly because you know their goose season is during their teal season so they don't really care so much about teal and it's like down here we're just dying to hunt waterfowl you know mm -hmm. so it's a bigger deal to us and i've most of the pushes of teal i have ever seen have been weather related not not like ducks ducks like big ducks it's usually like a snowstorm or colder weather up north will push them down here teal get pushed from really subtle fronts like small little storms that'll push push them down or, you know, it might drop 10 degrees up north, and then they'll push them down. But, uh, yeah, it's just, they're a little bit harder to tell what's going on. But I feel like they're, you can figure it out, and I feel like I've, I've figured out quite a bit of it. Cause, uh, well, that's why we had you on, man, because you've been very successful the past few years, and uh, we wanted to get into that information. We wanted to express that information out to the public so that you know even if you're a beginner or an experienced guy hopefully you took something away from this right um i actually have another question and yeah, it had to do with the conversation before the podcast started okay you were talking about wind does wind is is it a player absolutely with waterfowl absolutely so teal? wind is the one of the single most important things that you can do if you find the ducks so you got to scout you find the ducks or where they're going to be, and you know where you're going to hunt. Now, you have to set your spread up according to your wind and your hide. So I always try to either, in the mornings is usually when you're hunting, so I try to face the west as much as I can. I don't want sun in my eyes. But if you have you know a north wind or a south wind or an east wind or a west wind, if there's a west wind, you cannot sit on the east side of that pond. Because those birds are going to be coming straight from over your back into the wind. That's how they land. So whenever they're cupping their wings, mm -hmm. they're just they're gathering as much wind as they can to slow them down. And they try to get to a landing speed. And then right before they hit the water, they'll start backpedaling so they can just set right down. And that's usually when you call your shot. But 
Yeah, so if you have a north wind, wind's blowing north to south. So is that why they circle? Like they're flying with the wind and then they circle around to cup into it? A lot of the times they, they'll circle just to make sure there's no danger or to you know take a look at everything, make sure it seems legit. But also, yeah, they're, they're trying to get up in line with the wind and they're trying to make their approach. It's just like an airplane at an airport. If you have a plane that's landing right now and you're on another plane that needs to land until that plane gets landed you're just yep, going to circle certainly. the airport yeah you know and then as soon as he pulls off the you know he taxis off the the runway then your plane's going to fly around get in line with the the wind they use winds just as much as ducks and they'll land into the wind because it slows them down and then as soon as you hit the tarmac of course you're hitting on the I'm glad I asked because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know a thing about waterfowl hunting, so. Yeah, they're always going to land in the wind, and unless it's, like, a very minor wind, so anywhere from, mm-hmm. like, one to four miles an hour. Right. They're probably not going to care, you know. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. at that point, your winds are light and variable. Though. Right. Best winds, like, eight to 15. Does something. it have anything to do with their travel if it's maybe a high wind? So, in late season... Yes, um, I feel like uh, we don't really get too strong of winds in September here. So for teal, it's kind of, I mean, if there's like a north jet stream or whatever, they might try to try to fly with it as a tailwind to push them. But, and, and they won't migrate with a front wind. So they won't migrate very much at least because it whoops them real quick. You know, it's just like... Whenever so there's a real strong wind and you're trying to run into it, it tires you out faster than if you're running with it. Well, I mean, during this time of the year, don't we have predominant south winds? Pretty much, yeah, most of the time. But you They're will flying. get a north wind occasionally, and that's when yeah. a lot of the times you'll see you'll see ducks move down. Okay, too. I like that. There's there's actually a push of geese last night. There's a, a website I can't remember what the name of it is, but uh, it tracks. It's basically. Um, plane uh radar that they pick up geese and they put it on that uh and i wish i knew the name of the website but they they have it but well if we find the website after the podcast is over we'll post it on a link right right so they uh but yeah so there was a big migration of geese that came south uh last night and i saw a little bit of that but um i think they're just mostly looking for food because it's still really warm up north. Okay. I don't, uh, and they might be moving because of the sunlight change, too. There's some birds that will migrate according to sunlight, and there's a lot more birds that move according to weather. So, on like in late, in regular season, whenever you get a big, you know, it's getting either cold up in Minnesota or there's a good north wind or, or there's a storm coming in. That's when you'll see your push of, of ducks and geese. But um, best hunting is anywhere from, like, we- uh, weather-wise for geese, it'd be like 25 to 35 uh, degrees. And then about a 15 to uh, fifteen to 25 mile an hour wind. But 25 is kind of pushing it. What a, did you already say teal? Sorry. For teal, um, man, they can, they can show up when there's no wind. 
Gotcha. It, and, it's variable. Right, and those little boogers are agile, and right. we they just, can... We don't have them here that long, so they're just whatever weather it is. They're right, and, anyway. and whenever there's no wind, you can throw your decoys, you know, pretty random. I mean, I like to group mine up to one side or the other, you know, put some pods together, you know, and... Just to clarify, <coughs> hunting without decoys, how successful would you be? Um, you can do it. It's just, if you don't have decoys, you should probably, you know, be a pretty good caller. Or, but honestly, man, you can get old decoys super cheap. I mean, like a dollar a piece or $5 okay. a piece. And then all you need is something that has weight, like a bolt or a nut or something. I've seen people use all kinds of stuff. And, uh, just some string, man. That's all you need. You don't need anything fancy. The best thing, though, for weights is, uh that I've seen is Texas rigs, man. They're so nice. They're, they're just, uh, so it's a clip that you clip onto the keel of the decoy. And then it's got an eyelet that a cable runs through on one end of the cable. There's a loop. And then on the other end of the cable is a crimped weight. So that loop sits up at, at the keel and above the water. So you can walk by, stick your finger in that loop, lift up the decoy and never get your hands wet. That's the nicest thing. But if you're just starting out, man, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to tie it into a nut or a bolt. Or I've used uh, uh, Gatorade bottles filled with sand before and just tie it around the the lid, dude, and tie it straight to the decoy. Do whatever you got to to get out there. Man. Exactly. I think that's the important message. You know what that we wanted to take away from this is that I don't think it gets a lot of love. In our right. area, not in our area for sure. And uh, and if it doesn't in your area, I feel like this is a great starter kit for you to get out there, get on your own, and uh, try to get after it. Right. Get the grind, as, get as the Travis grind, would say. Man. You gotta grind them. Do you uh, anything you would like to add? Uh, nothing I can think of. Just good luck out there. Stay safe and pound them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got a feeling, Travis, you're going to be on a couple more of these podcasts when it comes to waterfowl because me and Austin, well, we're a little bit clueless. Yeah, no, that's fine, dude. I love to, and you guys need to come out with me this teal season because it starts September 12th and I'm going to be out there every day. Okay. So, well, uh, well I mean, person, I'm going to get personal here. Getting married on the 18th. Right, right, right. So yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get out one time at least. Hopefully, right. I don't know how long you're going to be in town for. I know you, you know, you're out and about and right. all over the I'll place. I'll probably be here till the 18th. Or we'd so. love to come. You know, yeah, I'd definitely love to go. Yeah, if I can't go, I know Austin. Right, he, I'll get a video, dude. I'll get a video of his first duck and I'll send it to you. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to show it to you guys. So uh, with that, I think we can wrap up. Um, how can they reach you? Social uh, media, anything? So on Snapchat, it's Travis O. 2016. And uh, on Instagram, it's born underscore to hunt. And then, I mean, Facebook is just Travis Owen. Well, honestly, I'll be real here. If I don't know you, I probably won't add you on Facebook. I ain't one of those guys that just adds everybody. It, I don't know. It's just weird to me. But Instagram, yeah, all day. Snapchat, all day. And Travis is on the 573 forum. And he's with the 573 page. So if something comes out with Travis... Um, bird wise we'll definitely be producing it for him yeah well and you'll be seeing you'll be seeing pictures this next week man we're gonna be grinding for about five yeah. or six days so yeah it's gonna be a good time i'd like to 
Yeah, it'd be cool to even get get some hunts on video. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get as much film as I can up there. If there's like a a group of you know two to four, I'll probably either whip my phone out or I've got a camera that I'm gonna be bringing. I'm gonna try to video that. But uh, if there's any groups over four, I'm definitely pulling the trigger because man, I've been excited about this since March, dude. It's yeah. last season was killer. The season before that was pretty good. I'm hoping this season just is absolutely amazing. I think it will be. We've got more birds. They're dumber. Haven't been shot at near as much. And, uh, and I don't know. A lot I feel of other like, factors that we've already. Right. And I feel yeah. like, uh, I feel like everybody's itching to get back at it. So it's going to yeah. be, going to be a crazy season, but I've got, um, we went scouting the other day. I found some, some new little holes that got a lot of food in them. And they're, uh, so in Missouri, we don't get too much flooded timber. That's mostly like a South Missouri, Arkansas type thing. And I found some places. I got some flooded timber in Missouri. Uh-oh. I'm going to be getting some phone calls. He's going to be some requests on Facebook. Hey, where's that? Where's yeah. That yeah timber <laughs> I, just so you know, asking me where I killed something is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all about... You know, helping you get started and all that. Right. So that's right. Tips. Those are those are free. My hunting <laughs> spots. My hunting spots. I'm pretty private about that information. Well, but, um, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, dude. And, no uh, problem. Giving us some insight. I appreciate and, uh, being here. Hopefully, you know, we've got a camera too. So if you if you get us out there, we'll we'll try to get some yeah. filming going, and dude, uh, hopefully we can put these tips, these strategies to the test. And we can get it out there for you on like YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can reach us at the five seven three on Facebook. Um, you can reach us at underscore the five seven three underscore on Instagram. We'd uh, love to see some new followers. So especially waterfowl guys. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, till next time. Till next time. <laughs>